Thanks for joining me on this Cleveland Baseball Morning. The final from Progressive Field in Cleveland. It's the Guardians 5, the LA Angels 3. I'm Davey Barris, lifelong Cleveland baseball fan, and I want to talk about the actual game on the field, the thing I enjoy, watching baseball being played. And the Guardians with the big sweep late in the season. The win streak continues. It's a big win for Cleveland. Uh, you know, a little bit of revenge for what happened earlier in April. We talked about this yesterday, the sweep out in L.A. You know, we get swept by the Angels in that bad road-losing streak that started at Yankee Stadium, and now we get a little bit of revenge. We sweep them here at the end of the season here at Progressive Field. So let's get into it. Let's get into the storylines of the game because, man, this season is really heating up to be a fun finish. So, big storyline of the game. You know what? Yesterday, we, we had to go in order yesterday, right? We, we kind of, you couldn't understand the game without going in order yesterday. The big storyline in this one, you know, sometimes storylines are over an entire series, sometimes over a game, sometimes over a few winnings. This one is one at-bat. This is one at-bat. With Ahmed Rosario on first base, Jose Ramirez comes up in the eighth inning of a tied baseball game and we got to get into this matchup he's facing Ryan Tapera if you remember Ryan Tapera uh was a big trade trade deadline piece last year for the Chicago White Sox he was having a great season with the Cubs you know veteran pitcher veteran relief pitcher having a good season with the Cubs the White Sox he was one of their additions supposed to bolster their bullpen for their playoff run last year and his very first game was against Cleveland, and we kind of ruined his debut. Right? We hit a home run off him. Uh, yeah, I think he gave up two runs in that one. Uh, we kind of ruined his debut for the Chicago White Sox. So I feel like uh, Tapera hasn't had too many good days against Cleveland. Uh, he's not going to remember us fondly when he looks back over his career. But to set this up even more, in the eighth inning so far this season, Jose Ramirez has been actually really bad. I I I know you're thinking late in the game, right? He's probably it's probably really good. High leverage situations. He's a 311 hitter with over a thousand OPS, right? So eighth inning, he's got to be pretty good, right? No, he's a 197 hitter in the eighth inning. He's got a 623 OPS in the eighth inning. Uh, he they have this stat on Baseball Reference. That is the T-O-P-S. So it's the OPS split relative to the player's total OPS. So based on what he's done for the year, he's actually got a 43 T-O-P-S plus, which means he is, what would that be, 57% worse in the eighth inning than he is just baseline average for the season. So no, the eighth inning has not been great for Jose Ramirez. Um, but he comes up here in tie games, however, he is a 316 hitter on the season with a 964 OPS. So he has delivered in tie game situations. All right, so let's get into this at bat. A tied game, eighth inning. Not the ideal spot for Jose Ramirez. He's got a runner on first base. First pitch is a changeup in the dirt, lays off it, down and in. Uh, next pitch comes a slider, a ridiculous slider that uh, you know, maybe when it left his hand it looked like it was something he could pull down the line. But by the time it got to Jose Ramirez, it was in the dirt. It actually hits him 
in the back foot, but he swings at it. I mean, talk about an alternate reality here where he holds up and this thing hits him in the foot. And now it's a runners on first and second for Oscar Gonzalez. Who who knows what would have happened? But he swings. He you know he can't hold up. It's kind of a check swing, but he definitely swings through it. He definitely wanted to swing at this slider. Uh, if it was up any higher, he was gonna try to pull it down the line, and uh, it hits him in the foot. So I think was. Uh, was Ahmed Rosario even running on the pitch? I think he was. So, let, Or he can't even advance like on a wild pitch. Like the ball skips away wildly. If it had hit the dirt and skipped away like that, yeah, he moves up to second base. Do they walk Jose Ramirez at that point? So, yeah, so many alternate realities could have happened if it didn't happen this way. But he hits him in the foot. He swings at it. So now it's a 1-1 count. And now it's a para is thinking, well, and the catcher, uh, you know, they're thinking, we got him to chase a ball that hit him in the foot. We got to keep trying down there, right? So they throw him another changeup in the dirt, down and in, lays off it. Tries throwing him a sinker down at the bottom of the zone, down and in, lays off it. Now he's worked himself into a 3-1 count. Tries to come back with another slider down and in. Thinks, all right, he swung through the first one. Maybe he'll swing through the next one. He ends up leaving this thing dead center of the plate, right at the belt for Jose Ramirez. Now, I know I'm dragging this out as much as I possibly can. If you go to the illustrator here, Tapera was just dancing around the strike zone. Has a bunch of pitches down at the knees. Has a bunch of pitches uh, you know, off the plate. There is one pitch of all the pitches Tapera threw yesterday. 13 pitches. There is one pitch that is actually sitting within the strike zone. And that is this one pitch to Jose Ramirez. It is sitting, like I said, dead center, right at the belt. And he unloads on it for his 27th home run, 100.2 mile per hour exit velocity, 30 degree launch angle, 398 to the seats out in right field. He does pull one down the right field line. Uh, A two run home run. That blows the game wide open. It's the go-ahead runs for the Guardians. And it is definitely the most pivotal moment of this entire game. This whole story, this whole at-bat was a storyline within itself. Uh, Tapera throwing everything down and in until finally he can't get it down. He can't get it in. He leaves it sitting right there. I mean, this is this location, this speed, an 85 mile per hour pitch. This is a home run derby, a batting practice type pitch. Throw me a nice easy one right down the middle, a little bit low so I can get under it and lift it. I mean, this is a home run derby type pitch. I mean, Jose Ramirez jokes about it all the time. You know, Andre not asked him, hey, what was that pitch? Home run pitch, bro. That's exactly what this was. That's exactly. Man, Tapera couldn't have put it on a tee any better for the Jose Ramirez than he did right here. So a beautiful home run from Jose, shaking off some of his eighth inning demons. I don't know if he even cares. I don't even know if he even realizes that he's hitting below 200 in the eighth inning of baseball games. Uh, But yeah, he delivers in a huge moment, a huge moment here, which sets the Guardians bullpen up perfectly to finish the game. Now, how did we get to this point? How do we get to this hero moment for Jose Ramirez? And by the way, it's just... 
it's nice to see one of our guys doing it, right? How many times have we been in a game where it would be Trout up in that situation? And of course he hits a home run. You're like, don't let Trout hit a home run. Please don't let Trout hit a home run off us. What does he do? He hits a home run off us. You're like, damn it. Come on. Maybe Correa for the Minnesota Twins. Like, oh, no, not Correa in this situation. Don't let Correa hit a home run. Boom, home run. Like, obviously, it feels like it happens more to your team than it happens, you know, against for your team. You know, you'll remember the heartbreak more than you remember the victory sometimes. And so, yeah, it was just nice to see one of our guys come up in that situation late in the game and do exactly what the other team was dreading they would do. Hit a home run. So, yeah, huge moment. I loved it. I loved it. I was pumped up yesterday. All right. Uh, what led up to this? Now, let's backtrack and let's go through this game. What led up to this? Well, uh, Cal Quantrill starting in Cleveland. I mean, it was almost destined. It was fated that Ramirez was going to hit this home run and give the Guardians a lead because Cal Quantrill does not lose at Progressive Field. Hang on. Let me knock on some wood. Okay, he does not lose at Progressive Field this season. He is 7-0 at Progressive Field this season. Now, it's not a sparkling ERA. It's a 3.38 ERA. It's good. It's respectable in 16 starts, but it's not sparkling. Uh, He's got a 1.094 whip, a decent strikeout-to-walk ratio, 2.67. He's given up some home runs, 13 home runs. Maybe more than he's given up on the road all combined, but he is 7-0 and at progressive field. I mean, just just something about it. The team is always going to find a way to win. Uh, I'm trying to find those home and road splits for you. Uh, yes, he's given up 13 home runs at home, only six home runs on the road where he's 5-5 five and five this season. Uh, with a 3.71 ERA, so a slightly higher ERA, a 1.397 whip, a slightly higher whip, very similar strikeout to walk ratio, 2.63. So yeah, seven and zero, man, that is cool. So we start the game off, and he is locked in, strikes out the side in the first inning. What? What strikes out Moniac? Okay, of course he's going to strike out Moniac. Uh, but then strikes out Trout and Otani in the first inning. What in the world? Cal Quantrill is not this pitcher. He's not Shane Bieber. He doesn't do this. Uh, but yeah, a beautiful way to start the game. And then uh, he's rewarded in the second inning with Oscar Gonzalez going for a big home run to lead off the second inning. 107.7 miles per hour, 25 degree launch angle, 423 to the bleachers in left field. Actually, I'd love to go through this at bat, too, because I thought this was really interesting. I was like, oh, let's check it out. Let's see if there's anything going on in this at bat between Patrick Sandoval and Oscar Gonzalez. He throws him three changeups in a row down at the knees to end the at bat. Why? He starts him off with a curveball that he, you know, he doesn't get the grip on, maybe leaves it up at the top of the zone, leaves it up at his shoulders for ball one. Tries to throw him a fastball away, but misses out uh, in the other batter's box. Okay, so now it's 2-0. He's got to come in with some stuff. He decides not to come in and challenge him with a fastball, but to come in and challenge him with a changeup. So he throws him a changeup at the thighs on the inner half of the plate that he swings through for a strike. All right, he's a little ahead of it. Let's try it one more time. Why not? He just swung through it. Throws it a little more in on the on the inside edge this time, 
and he fouls it off. All right, so maybe he's got the speed of that changeup figured out, right? Now you would think, maybe let's go high fastball. You just threw two changeup at the knees. Maybe let's mix up the eye level. Let's mix up the speed a little bit. Nope. Well, let's give him one more changeup down at the thighs, this one out over the plate, and he hammers it, 107.7. I never understand this when you see an at-bat like this where they have an opportunity here. It's a 2-2 count. You have a pitch to waste. Why not go back up at the top of the zone with a fastball? I mean, you've got a pretty good change of speed. You've got about a 10-mile-per-hour difference between your fastball and your changeup, 9, 10 miles per hour. Why not give him one more fastball? At least go back outside with a fastball, and then you can come back in. You gotta change. If you're not going to change the eye level, at least work in and out. I never understand this. Why? Why would a Why would a catcher? Why would a manager call for three changeups? You know, you don't know exactly where that call is coming from. Why would they call three changeups in a row in the exact same location? It just doesn't make sense. Uh, it made sense to Oxford Gonzalez though, because he figured out what Sandoval's changeup looked like, and he absolutely hammers this one to give us a one nothing lead. Now, uh, the one nothing lead wouldn't stick around for too long. Now, uh, the other storyline in this game is Moniak uh, leading off for the, uh, for the Angels. Again, leading off. After yesterday's episode, where I explained why that's a terrible decision, uh, he clearly heard that episode and was clearly ticked off at me. I mean, right, that's the only logical solution here. Moniak heard me talking about him and said, uh, oh yeah, you don't think I should be leading off this game? So uh, with two outs in the third inning, oh man, Quantrill can't hold the lead after we score. He immediately gives two runs back to the Angels on a Mickey Moniak two-run home run. 104.5 mile per exit velocity, 395 down into right field. He basically gets a breaking ball uh, down and in and turns on it. And uh, I give him credit. He smoked this thing. It was a, The bat speed was incredible. Really, really cranked this thing for a two-run home run. Again, like I said, uh, it doesn't. it's not the perfect setup man for Mike Trout and Shohei Otani. But, hey, he delivers a big home run here uh, for the Angels. It feels like everybody that's hit a home run this series for the Angels is not supposed to hit home runs. I, I remember when Matt Duffy hit one earlier and someone, someone else in the first series, they were like, oh, that's his first home run of the season, his second home run of the season. I think for Moniak, this is his third home run of the season. So I don't know why, but the most unlikely of guys are hitting home runs against us this season. Now, Moniak does set things up. He is a table setter in the fifth inning. So I guess he did hear me. I guess he took it personally, what I said about him yesterday. With two outs in the fifth inning, he lines a double up into the right center field gap. Uh, Straw cuts it off, but Moniak flies out of the batter's box. I guess his speed is probably why they're trying him as a leadoff hitter. Uh, So he's in with an easy double in that fifth inning. And then Trout comes up. He had already done this once in the game. Flares one uh, into right field, just drops one into no man's land. Uh, Oscar Gonzalez comes charging in, but again, Moniak flies. Moniak was basically around third in scoring uh, before this ball even landed out in right field. So Trout drives him in, so I guess it did work. I guess Moniak was the perfect setup guy for Trout in this one. But the Guardians answer back. Uh, You know, it's something that happens twice in this game. Uh, We score, the Angels answer right back in the top of the third inning. They score in the fifth, 
we answer right back off Sandoval in the bottom of the fifth inning. And uh, it would be Andres Jimenez setting the table from this point. The Andres Jimenez-Tyler Freeman combo was really, really good in this game. For some reason, Andres Jimenez getting on base really locked in Tyler Freeman. So Jimenez with a nice single. He goes opposite field. I don't know why teams are selling out in the shift so hard against Andres Jimenez. I mean, looking at his spray chart, yeah, if he's going for power, if he's going for doubles and home runs, he's pulling the ball. So absolutely. I see as an outfield, I would definitely shade him towards right field as an outfielder. I would have my center fielder and my left fielder pulled over a little bit against him. But on the infield, I don't know. I would play him a little bit more straight up. I would keep my shortstop. I would keep my shortstop on his normal side of the bag. I might pull him a little bit up the middle, but I would keep him on his normal side of the bag. I wouldn't empty out the left side of the infield. Just looking at a spray chart, that's not going to work. He's hit too many singles that way. So they do. They sell out again, you know, against him for the pull. And he's just, he's not doing that this season. In fact, he's dropped under 40% pull rate this season. He was at, I mean, his rookie year, 48.4 pull. Last year, 41.3 pull. This year, down to 37.9. He's actually gone up the middle 40.9% of the time. So more often than not, he's going up the middle. That's why I would leave my shortstop uh, to the shortstop side of the bag. But he goes opposite field this one, shoots it through because there's nobody over there uh, for a leadoff single. And then Freeman uh, ropes a single up the middle. Amenez goes all the way to third base. They got runners on the corner to kick off the inning. But they play back for the double play. With the 3-1 lead, they play back for the double play. And Austin Hedges delivers, you know, what he's got to do. He hits a ground ball. He hits it up the middle. And he gets Andres Jimenez into score. He doesn't get an RBI for it. It ain't pretty. Would you like a little more with runners on the corner to kick off the inning? Of course you would. But hey, we get the run in here. A double play, ground into a double play with nobody out, at least delivers Andres Jimenez to score. And answer back for the two runs you just gave up. Or answer back for the one run you just gave up in the top of the fifth inning. Right? Helping Cal Quantrill out at home. This is good stuff right here. Uh, And then we come up, we set things up in the seventh inning. With Andres Jimenez again leading off. And boom, again, another leadoff single. This one, he puts it back up the middle like he's been doing all season. And that brings up Tyler Freeman. And like I said, there's something about Andres Jimenez being on base that's just got Tyler Freeman locked in. He gets an inside pitch, and he turns on this thing 100.7 down into the left field corner. It rolls all the way into the corner. Andres Jimenez, just like Quan yesterday, Scored from first base. This time it's Andres Jimenez flying around the bases. He loses the batting helmet a la Jose Ramirez. And he comes flying into home. uh, Sticks that gloved hand out. Slaps the plate as he goes across. And he ties this game up in the seventh inning. It is a huge moment for Freeman, the rookie, to deliver that RBI in that situation. is huge. And Andres Jimenez, great hustle all the way around the bases. Uh, you know, our all-star second baseman delivering once again late in a game. And uh, it's really cool. They had the replay from that camera that sits up in that left field corner, right? Up on that wall there. And it's so cool whenever you could see the relay f- throw from the outfielder, the relay throw from the uh, infielder to home plate. It's always cool to see that angle and see the timing of everything there. So uh, Andres Jimenez ties this game up. 
a huge moment for uh, for the Guardians offense. Tyler Freeman delivering in a big, big way. They try to get him in. Austin Hedges bunts him over to third, and they just can't. Uh, Straw pops up, you know, flies out really shallow, and then Quan would actually strike out to end that threat. So they just can't deliver in that moment, but it doesn't matter because Jose Ramirez would come up and be the hero in the next inning in the eighth inning. So it was a huge game for the Guardians offense, picking and choosing their moments, spreading out their uh, their five runs across four different innings, and uh, yeah, kind of being relentless. They kind of did this all series against the Angels starters. You know, Sandoval starts off decent. The final line for Sandoval, he only lasts five and a third innings, uh, gives up seven hits, only two runs, uh, no walks, three strikeouts, one home run on 81 pitches. He's hard hit five times. So it's not a terrible start for Sandoval, but I feel like we did this all series against their starters where they kind of start okay, but towards those middle innings late in the game, the offense really comes on and drives them out of the game. So it kind of turns what felt like a good start for Sandoval at the beginning uh, you know, into, does he, he doesn't take the loss in this one. The loss goes to Tapera. Uh, but, uh, you know, I, not a quality start for Sandoval. Definitely not. He doesn't last six innings. Meanwhile, on the other side, Cal Quantrill does get that quality start. Seven innings pitch, eight hits, three earned runs, no walks, huge, six strikeouts, and one home run given up on 93 pitches. He's only hard hit four times. Uh, he also doesn't get the win, though, because by the time uh, we hit that go-ahead home run. Trevor Steffen is in the game. He handles the eighth inning and then sets things up. Karinczak actually goes in and does the ninth inning. They are just trying to rest bullpen guys whenever they can. So with the two-run lead, he goes to Karinczak. Klasse had already gotten the save the last two days, and now Karinczak delivers big for the Guardians and gets that big, uh, big save in the ninth inning. It was funny because Renifo got, gets on base. And Karinczak literally doesn't care about him. At one point, he just walks to third base because uh, Jose Ramirez isn't there covering. Karinczak's not even paying attention, and Renifo just walks to third base, and the Guardians are like, we literally don't care about you. You are an, you know, you would be the fourth run of the game. It means nothing to us. Uh, we're just going to focus on the hitters, and eventually gets the ground out to first base to end things. So, it's a really good game, game all around for the Guardians. They were solid pitching. There was solid relief work there. And everybody, especially in the middle of the lineup, Jose Ramirez with a multi-hit game. Oscar Gonzalez with a three-hit game in the middle of the lineup. Andres Jimenez, yeah, you had Owen Miller and Josh Naylor in the Miller middle. Naylor had a moment in this game where he had a chance to come up with a big hit. And he goes 0 for 2. Naylor is kind of struggling recently. We'll talk about it at another time. I'm in too good of a mood right now to talk about Josh Naylor's struggles. Andres Jimenez with a three-hit game in the sixth hole. And Tyler Freeman with a multi-hit game in the seventh hole, including the big RBI. Andres Jimenez scoring two runs on the game. It's awesome stuff right there in the middle of the lineup. So that's all my thoughts on this one. MVP on the day. Definitely going to Jose Ramirez for the big home run. That blows the game wide open for the Guardians. Sets us up for the big sweep, for the big win. Uh, we extend our lead, actually, over the Chicago White Sox. The Twins won yesterday, but the Lights, White Sox lose, which means we now have a four-game lead over the White Sox and a five-game lead over the Minnesota Twins with the White Sox coming to town 
for a one-game makeup here in Cleveland today at 1 o'clock. And uh, they were talking some stuff. They were talking some stuff. I uh, Who was it? Was it Elvis Andrews? Who uh, I think said something like, oh yeah, we, we think, you know, something about the Guardians crumbling and they'll be there ready to pounce when we do. They're like, we'll just keep winning series. And then when the Guardians crumble, we'll be there to take the division. Okay. Okay. Shots have been fired. Uh, that is definitely bullpen material there. Uh, you know, I don't know. Guys trash talk all the time, so I don't know if the Guardians players will even care that he said this, but uh, it's going to be a fight today in Cleveland. It's going to be a big one. Uh, You know, the White Sox are definitely uh, interested in playing, going head-to-head with the Guardians, and I feel like the Guardians are going to be fired up too, especially on this win streak now, the six-game win streak. They're going to want to keep it rolling and do some more damage in the American League Central. So, It is going to be a really, really fun game at 1 o'clock today. I hope whatever you're doing at work, if you are in the Cleveland area, for our our European listeners, this is probably great, right? You're home from work. You're sitting down for dinner. Uh, Our friends in Germany, our friends in the UK, uh, in Spain, actually. Yeah, we're an international show. That's right. Um, You're going to have some fun with this one. Those of us here in Cleveland are going to have to figure out a way how to watch this game while we're working. Uh, but they, they're throwing Lance Lynn out there. We have a lot of games coming up, and we got to make it work. So we're going back to AAA, and we're bringing up Gaddis. I'm guessing, I don't know exactly who the, the other tra- side of that transaction is going to be, but I would guess uh, it's probably going to be, uh, let's see here, Pilkington maybe or uh, McCarty, right? It's probably going to be the corresponding move. To get Gaddis up here. Look, it didn't go well for Gaddis the first time he was up here. Let's be honest. But give the kid a chance. Give the guy with the crazy beard and the long hair a chance. Uh, let's see what happens. Yeah, if you can't remember between all the different rookies that have been called up this year, Gaddis is the one with the crazy hair and the crazy beard. Uh, you'll definitely recognize him when he's back out on the mound. Um, yeah, so he has a 21.6 ERA in his one major league appearance. So definitely working on improving that so it's good that a lot of the bullpen guys rested yesterday because we might need them we might need some guys to go some innings right some sam henches to give us two innings or an eli morgan to give us two innings so we'll see what gaddis has in the tank he's he's stretched out as a starter so we don't have that cody morris situation where there's gonna be like a pitch count a pitch limit so uh that's what's coming up today and it's going to be a fun one. All right, that's all my thoughts. Thanks for joining me on this Cleveland baseball morning. Again, the final from Cleveland. It's the Guardians 5, the Angels 3. We sweep them right out of Cleveland. You can follow me on Twitter at Davey Barris. You can email the show at Mornings at gmail.com. Let me know your thoughts on the game, and we'll discuss them on the show. Also, I'm hosting this podcast on Anchor, so if you go to anchor.fm forward slash Cleveland Baseball Mornings, you can leave a voicemail for the show. We'll play them back on the air, respond to your thoughts, and we'll have a fun conversation amongst the fans about baseball. So thanks again for joining me on this Cleveland Baseball Morning.